Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group. High-risk areas across government. It's Thursday, April 27th, 2023. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast where you'll hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Defense Tech Week is just around the corner. Hosted by Defense Scoop, Defense Tech Week is the nation's premier week-long festival dedicated to technology's critical role in the future of modern U.S. defense and national security. The lineup includes community-driven events featuring leaders in defense, technology, and academia. It all begins May 8th, and it's happening across D.C. You'll also be able to enjoy plenty of sessions virtually if you can't be there in person. Learn more at defensetechweek.com. The Government Accountability Office is highlighting 37 areas in this year's high-risk list. GAO says progress has been made in 16 of those areas, the most since the watchdog began rating high-risk areas about eight years ago. Meanwhile, little progress seems to have been made in areas like federal IT acquisition and national cybersecurity. Michelle Sager is Managing Director for Strategic Issues at GAO. Michelle, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate this opportunity to talk about the high-risk work. So, Michelle, let's start with what's new to the high-risk list this year. What have you seen that has come about since uh, the list was last released in 2021? Thank you for that question. I'll start with kind of the high-level snapshot, and then, of course, we can do a deeper dive on individual areas. So, this year, we have great developments to report. These are and continue to be some of the most complex topics across the entire federal government. So they're very important challenges. Nonetheless, we are very much appreciative of the progress that has occurred. And that progress includes being able to take one area off the list or two areas off the list, pension benefit guarantee corporation insurance programs, uh, more commonly referred to as PBGC, as well as the 2020 decennial census. So those two areas made enough progress to be removed from the list. And we are very happy to see that. In addition, since 2021, we've added three areas to the list. And that included adding two areas last year in 2022, kind of out of cycle. And that's because those areas were very much at risk and we thought it was important for Congress to know about those two areas. And so those were uh, Department of Health and Human Services leadership and coordination of public health emergencies, as well as the unemployment insurance system. Those two areas were added in 2022. And then this year in 2023, we are adding a third new area, which is strengthening management of the federal prison system. So that's the high level snapshot in terms of what's going on the list and what's coming off the list. And then overall, we did see 16 areas that showed progress. And that's the highest level of progress since we started rating high risk areas. So we're very encouraged by that progress. It's got a lot of, uh, you know, different areas. And I'm curious, you know, in, in those areas, especially the new ones that have been added in the last two years, what are the actions that should be taken that GAO is recommending broadly to alleviate some of the high risk concerns and who is ultimately responsible for taking care of those uh, issues? 
great question. And there really are multiple parties involved in being able to show progress. So in the case of uh, some of the areas that were removed from the list, uh, PBGC in particular, that reflects in part congressional action. And so sometimes it requires congressional action. For the areas that we're adding to the list this year, we really need to see action from the federal agencies in order for that progress to occur. So for example, with strengthening management of the federal prison system, we had identified longstanding challenges over many years that regard both staff as well as resources. And that includes uh, having the staff in place to maintain not only the staff safety, but also the prisoner safety. And then also being able to evaluate the programs that are in place to help incarcerated people have a successful return to the community and avoid recidivism. And then in the case of health and human services, leadership and coordination of public health emergencies, we've all seen that play out real time during the pandemic. But in fact, for more than a decade, GAO had, had found persistent deficiencies in HHS leadership role in both preparing for as well as responding to public health emergencies, as well as extreme weather events. And so we had seen those er those challenges over a number of years and thought it was really important to add them to the list out of cycle. And then with regard to the unemployment insurance system, there we have both administrative and program integrity challenges. And it's a joint federal state program. So that makes it even more complex because you need federal action, but you also need the federal agencies working with their state level counterparts in order for changes to occur. And these uh, challenges were reflected throughout the period of the pandemic, unfortunately, with a large amount of fraud, and that exposes the system to some significant financial losses at a time when unemployed workers really needed that assistance. Federal IT acquisition and cybersecurity are becoming, you know, mainstays on the, the list at this point, and those topics are near and dear to our publication. So I'm curious, um, you know, have you seen any progress that's been made in those areas over the last two years? And are there any big themes or takeaways about what's going wrong, particularly around the federal government's adoption of IT and leading national cybersecurity? That is a really important area, and I can see why it's so important to your listeners. And in fact, uh, GAO added cybersecurity to the list back in 1997, and it still being there reflects it's important throughout the federal enterprise. It is one of those issues that is complex because it affects pretty much every actor throughout the federal system. And so there's a lot happening in this area. There has been some progress in terms of IT acquisitions and operations, and those actions include agencies making progress in developing plans to modernize or in some cases replace their legacy systems. Agencies are also making some progress in tracking their cost as well as their savings related to cloud computing um, and reducing some of their duplicative IT contracts. Um, they are also making some progress in improving their acquisition practices and addressing some of their budget weaknesses. In addition to that, both OMB and federal agencies have implemented about 73% of the open recommendations made since 2010. And so that's all good news. At the same time, there's still uh, much more 
that continues to need to be done. And that includes action from OMB. OMB needs to maintain its current level of leadership support and commitment to make sure that agencies can successfully execute the guidance uh, to implement FATARA and other IT reform initiatives. And then we also have about 294 open recommendations to federal agencies related to this area. And that includes everything from improving agency CIO's effectiveness, uh, enhancing IT workforce planning practices, and continuing to develop those plans to modernize and replace legacy systems. And then we also have an action that we would like Congress to take, and that is to consider formalizing the federal CIO position and establishing responsibilities and authorities for government-wide IT management. So it sounds like some good work has been done and some progress has been made, but uh, still a lot to to do based on the high-risk list. Uh, Michelle, as we wrap up, leave us with some good news. Tell us about some success stories over the last two years or any of the cases where something's been removed from the list since the 2021 production. Definitely. And it is important to note that although there are really substantial and important challenges across the entire federal government, there has been substantial progress. And so one of the things that we do as we're conducting the work on these high-risk areas is that we also track the financial benefits. And since 2021, we have tracked more than $100 billion in financial savings that reflect the actions taken on high-risk areas. And going back a little further in time, going back over 15 years, we've seen $675 billion in financial savings through actions taken to respond to high-risk areas. So that's incredible progress. Those are dollars that can then be used for other critical services and operations across the federal government. And so we're very, very pleased to see those results. And then, as I mentioned, 16 areas did show progress and improvement on the list. This is more than at any point since we've started rating agencies on the five criteria that we use. And that includes the areas that are removed from the list. So the PBGC insurance programs, as well as the decennial census. And we're very, very pleased to see those actions. And in addition to that, we also saw a fair amount of progress in the leadership criterion, where we have real leadership commitment to taking action on these high-risk areas. And that's a critical component in order to make progress, to have the leadership commitment in place. Once that's in place, then you're better positioned to take action on a specific plan with metrics and milestones to move forward. Well, Michelle, really appreciate you sharing more about GAO's high-risk list, and uh, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. You can learn more about GAO's high-risk list at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop podcast is available on all the podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C., James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher help put the show together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. We'll talk to you again Tuesday afternoon. Until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening.